No English accents were harmed in the making of this podcast. <laughs> From Rochester, New York, the home of several people who could try an accent but could probably fail miserably, this is FC3 Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. And you know what, friends? Everything can be geeky if you love it enough. Starring Tanya Metris, starring Daniel Carmen, starring Billy DeTori, and starring... Uh, Christopher Frank. Robin of Loxley? No, that's not. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's me. I'm your host. That's hello. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi, hey, yo. What's hello, that? Christopher. <laughs> Little John? I don't well, think anybody's ever called me that. But. So, so yes, we are here. Hello, hello, Billy. Hello. How are you today, sir? I'm wonderful, Christopher. Is this my English accent? No, it's terrible. Oh, it sounds like you were trying to be in Spinal Tap. <laughs> I wouldn't mind being inspired. <laughs> yeah. That's one I haven't 11. seen. It's one better than ten. <laughs> this one goes to eleven. Yeah, I, I, you know, I would love to tackle like the Second City Gang, you know, and and you know, do uh, you know Mighty Wind, Spinal Tap, stuff like that, you know, from from Christopher Guest and you know, and those guys. Um, but knowing Tanya's quote unquote love for Monty Python and her love for most Mel Brooks movies, and knowing that basically this is kind of like right up that particular alley. I'm like, mm, have I set myself up for abuse enough at this point? The answer would probably be yes. I think so. We'll back off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think those movies, the Christopher Guest movies, are different in a way. They're That's more true. Plot driven. They're more based on reality than like puns and like Mel Brooks movies. I was thinking about these in general uh-huh. and they're sort of Jewish <clears throat> Monty Python or Jewish airplane movies. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. You know, based on puns and sight gags as opposed to the Christopher Guest movies, which are almost parodies of reality television. Mm-hmm. So just my which, thought. Which makes a sense. You know, that it yeah. really does. It's a good observation. Um, I don't know, maybe we will circle around on that someday, but you know what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to sit down with Tanya and we'll watch Spinal Tap together without the purpose of having to get ready for a podcast so she doesn't feel like any pressure. She can just watch it and we'll see yeah. what happens. Well, thanks. See if she survives. It's it's essentially, Tanya, it's essentially a documentary. Go oh, great! But it's about a fiction. I forgot that those are documentary. I forgot about yes, that part. They're all they're all mockumentaries, yeah. right? So they're they're scripted, and they're they're about fake people. groups of people. Yeah. They're made up. They're characters that are made up for the movie. But you look at them through the lens of a of a, of a documentary, and it just it's uh, to me it's hilarious. I me too. I love those movies, and mm-hmm. you know, one they they're tackling community theater the other the folk festival circuit right. the other the dog show circuit but i forgot that i forgot about tanya's love of documentaries <laughs> and how she may not take kindly to them being mocked that's okay chris just got a picture of what my face would look like <laughs> for that idea for the movies since we're not in the same room right now and he can't see my face I decided that I would send send him a picture. There's there's great skepticism in her countenance these days, my friends. Great skepticism. Yeah. It's like, I don't quite think so. You never know. Got to open yourself up to these things, you know. Right. Uh, really? 
We're we're trying new we're trying new and different things and bringing I've tried a lot of new and different things. I've tried a lot of new and different things. Yes, and most and of them she can't speak about in public. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's funnier than anything in the movie I just watched. <laughs> Uh, and we're completely off the rails now. Oh, please, we were never on them to begin with. I was going to say, what are these rails you're talking about? I know. <laughs> Is that part of the thing? There are a set of guidelines. All right. So, so and it, my, my next question would be to see how Dan and Billy are doing, because I haven't talked to them in a while. But I know that we've been kind of really spending a lot of off-the-beaten-path moments in these intros lately. So uh, what we're going to do is get right to business, and then we can kind of tangent as we go, because that's what we're our bet when we're at our best. Um, so with that being said, today, as we mentioned uh, recently, that today is we're going to finish off a trilogy of Mel Brooks movies. Uh, we have done uh, Spaceballs, we've done History of the World Part 1, and today we're going to look up at the, the pure unadulterated send-up of Kevin Costner's Prince of Thieves uh, with a look at Mel Brooks's Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, so get ready. And if you haven't watched the movie in a while or if you don't remember it, now would be a great time to pause the podcast, wander off, take it in. You can find it on Amazon Prime. You can find it in your DVD shelf if you're one of us and, in, in, you know, like folks who would do that sort of thing. It's uh, free on Tubi. Yeah, it's Tubi. free on on Tubi. Tubi. Was it T-U-B-I, right? Yes, yes. that's how right. I watched it. Yep, and uh, you know, take take it in, get a chance to look it through, and, uh, and then we will come back and talk about it. So we're going to take a quick break, and during that quick break, you're going to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was really fast. Hour the movie 45. Itself, yeah, it, it was... It was yeah. It was an average length Mel Brooks movie. I think maybe a little bit longer than History of the World, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. Yeah. But I think it's it's paced better than yes. some of the other movies that he's done. And, and that I think that'll we'll, we'll touch on that because I know, Tanya, just before we started recording, you're like, I liked this one. I'm like, okay, cool. So that's that's a hint in the right and, direction to go to And all of our listeners just fell off of their chairs. Mm -hmm. Wait, she liked this one? Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> And there was much rejoicing. Yay. Yay. <laughs> you know what? That's funny because I use that phrase a lot. There was much rejoicing. Yes, which comes from Monty Python. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> and I use it at work all the time. And my coworker, Anita's like, what do you say? Much glorious? Much? I'm like, no, much rejoicing. Yay. She's like, oh, okay. I just didn't know where I got it from. No, you do. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. Which oh, wait, long podcast. No, it's going to be one of our future movies. We're talking about G.I.J. movies soon. Anyway. Um, <laughs> not today. Okay, not today, we're though. Break. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're men. We're men. We'll be right back. <laughs> From the makers of Spoilers, we bring you Flower City Comic Con at the Total Sports Experience in Gates, September 25th and 26th of 2021. Bring your friends, bring your family, bring your cosplay, and bring your Spoilers. 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 <laughs> okay, we just created a commercial from a commercial. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that works. Robin Hood Men in Tights is a 1993 American musical adventure comedy film and a parody of the Robin Hood story. The film was produced and directed by Mel Brooks, co-written by Brooks, Evan Chandler, and J. David Shapiro, based on the story by Chandler and Shapiro together. No, they were not roommates on Friends. Uh, and starred 
Carrie Elwes, Richard Lewis, David Chappelle in his film debut, by the way, Robert Reese, Tracy Ullman, and several, several other notable figures. Uh, it includes frequent comedic references to previous Robin Hood films, particularly the Kevin Costner film Prince of Thieves, upon which the plot of this movie is loosely structured. Disney's Robin Hood and 1938 Errol Flynn adaptations are also featured in The Adventures of Robin Hood. Uh, this film also in, in features Brooks in a minor role. The first time he had appeared in one of his own films in which he does not receive top billing or play the re lead role since Young Frankenstein. In addition to Brooks, it features cameos from Brooks regulars Dom DeLuise, Dick Van Patten, and Rudy DeLuca. So what we got here, in, in, in this is my opinion, obviously, is, is it is, like it mentions in the write-up, almost a complete direct one-for-one -one rip of Kevin Costner's movie that had come out a couple years early, Prince of Thieves. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, the, the, the plot flows, the, the, the scene, the scene kind of goes through, goes through. Uh, and then there are along the way, he does lace in, you know, the archery contest from Disney and, mm -hmm. and a lot of references to like, well, I, not, not so much refer direct references to Errol Flynn's Robin Hood, but I think it's all in Carrie Elwes's fighting style. He channels Errol Flynn when he's in his sword fights, when he, in his mannerisms and the way he poses and things like that. So I think it's like, it's not so much direct reference to the movie, but more of how Errol Flynn, the great, you know, he was, he was the Arnold Schwarzenegger of the twenties and thirties. He was your action hero. Right. And so I think that's really what Carrie Elwes did the best was kind of channel that inner Errol Flynn. But at the same time for us diehard movie lovers, um, Carrie Elwes was definitely mixing between Errol Flynn's Robin Hood and, Wesley from Princess Bride. I saw a lot of Wesley in in a lot of that, so I thought that was a lot of fun to see that. Did Errol Flynn smile a lot? Because he was oh god, yeah, he was face. always having fun. Okay, so that's where the smile came from. Exactly. Okay. The, the, the the bearing, you know, the, the pose mm -hmm. where he's putting the hand on the hips and standing there like aha, you know, that yes. it, that was very Errol Flynn. So that's all. That's where the Errol Flynn comes in. Okay. Yes, exactly. I don't know, I've never seen the Errol Flynn one, so that's why. You know what? I I did, but it was when I was in, in a film class in college, so that was more than a half a lifetime ago. Right. Long time ago, big galaxy <laughs> far, far away kind right. of a thing. Yes. But uh so Tanya Yes. You, you liked this one. <laughs> I did like this one. What what made it so much more appealing than some of the other silly movies we've watched as of late? Uh probably because um it definitely had that, that parody to the other Robin Hoods, and I do like the, the storyline of Robin Hood. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably what I did like, whereas I'm not a big history fan. So okay. I, yeah, the history of the world part one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, and I want to say, I, I want to say, I actually saw this in theaters. Yep. So mm -hmm. I think we, most of us did. did you do, do really Billy? Yes, I did. I saw yeah. it back in 93. Uh, there we go. So, what'd you, what'd you think of it, Bill? I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I, I remember liking it back then. I don't think this movie aged particularly well. Well, and most of Mel Brooks's movies haven't, to be honest. Yeah, but it, it's funny. I still like the producers. I still like um, Young Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. Although, to be honest with you, I haven't seen those in a long time either. So who knows? Um, and I like older movies in general. I, I like movies that date back to the... I like the original Errol Flynn type movies. Mm -hmm. um, I think somewhere along the way, my tolerance of puns and that type of thing just don't make me laugh as much anymore. Why do you hang out with Dan? 
I know. I mean, I'm a very punny guy. <laughs> that's, that's like 80% of Dan's humor is puns. Yeah, no kidding. And Dan yeah. jokes. Yeah, but with with you guys, it's unexpected. When I go into, I think now when I go into a, a Mel Brooks movie, uh-huh. or no, in particular, the last few that have been on the uh, Monkey Business docket. Okay. They're... That you you know what you're gonna get. They they are very broad, right? Uh, and I know that going in. And sometimes I do like a little subtlety, despite my uh, mm. my love of the Three Stooges and <laughs> professional wrestling and things like that. But you got to take a break from all of that yeah. over the top stuff. But and I, there was. I, I did, I did like this movie because I do like the Robin Hood story mm-hmm. and I like most of the cast. I, I like, um, Carrie Elwes. I like Mark Blankenfield, who I knew from the TV show Fridays, which was the Saturday night live ripoff okay. uh, back in the eighties. Uh, I knew him from that and, you know, people like Tracy Ullman and Richard Lewis. I mean, I, I met Richard Lewis a few years ago when he was in town to do a comedy show and I've always liked Richard Lewis. So, and what's he like in person? Is he, is he like subtle and kind of quiet in person or is he he, just the same as ever? Well, he, he turned it on for the radio, but Uh the air, he, he's just a fun person to chat with. He he was fun to talk to and, you know, he had stories. So, and I, I thought he was a nice guy. So, um, I, I like the cast. Uh, just sometimes you don't have to hit people over the head with jokes. There, we'll get to it, but there's a joke right at the very end of this movie that would have been funnier if the tagline didn't show up. I, I'll, you know, at the end when, when they reference the black sheriff. Right. And mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle goes, it worked in Blazing Saddles. You didn't have to say that. <laughs> it was funnier without you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost like they had to justify the joke. Yeah. Or explain it to people. But uh-huh. don't don't explain it. What was the last movie that Mel Brooks has put out so far? Um, Mel Brooks. Because you know it's been a while since there was like a, a Mel Brooks movie. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. And I'm almost wondering if this was like one of his last ones. This was one of his last ones, if not the last. There may be. Hold on. Mel Brooks movies. They remade the producers a few years ago. Yeah, but was that like, I mean, he's already written that. So that's. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily count. It wasn't new. It Mm -hmm. was. Oh, come on. Let's see, filmography. He's been in stuff, Uh, but. mm -hmm. Dracula, Dead and Loving It was his last one. Yeah, ninety-five. Okay. Two years after Robin Robin Hood Men in Tights was. So it was one of his movie. last ones. Yeah, it was. And he's just appeared in other movies since then. Yeah, he's been like a voice. He he oh he did a voice in Toy Story Four. He was in Robots too. I remember that one, the Ewan McGregor animated mm-hmm. one. Where he played uh, Big Weld. Mm-hmm. What am I an old kind of like <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that kind of, I'm wondering if there, there are some tropes here because he was kind of running out of ideas. Maybe. I don't know. It's still a fun movie. Like I said, I just Mm -hmm. watched it. Susan laughed a a few times, which I didn't think she would. (laughs) Um, 
And so, it, you know, it's still an enjoyable movie. It's not like I'm going to beat it up. It's, and I, I like Robin Hood. I, I like the Disney Robin Hood. I even like the Kevin Costner Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the things I was thinking about while I was watching this movie is that I really do want to see the Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie again because it's been a while since I've seen it. And I remember enjoying the hell out of that when it came out. Mm-hmm. Despite Brian Adams. Despite Brian Adams, yeah. <laughs> Despite Kevin Costner's accent, yeah. which they take a quick shot at. Oh my god! Yes, oh, the Robin Hood joke. Well, unlike other Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so it starts with. Um, you know, the scene where, you know, it, it, like I said, it, it patterns itself right after Kevin Costner's Prince of Thieves, which mm-hmm. takes the time to try and give the Robin character more of a history. He just, just, he just doesn't appear in the, you know, in the tights and he's off and running, you know, running across the countryside, you know, stealing from the rich and giving to the poor and stuff like that. There is a whole backstory, which almost does a pretty good, and sorry, Tanya, historical job of, uh, of, giving the character depth and part of the lore that he was, you know, he was a, a noble young nobleman who went off to fight in the crusades with King Richard the third and he got captured, but yada, yada, yada. So that's, that's the Kevin Costner premise. It's mirrored here uh, coming, coming full circle into the Robin Hood men in tights where you find Robin Hood, you know, in uh, prison uh, during, you know, having been captured during the crusades, you know, and, uh, and the, it's just silly Mel Brooks move, uh, humor right off the bat. Where he, he's, a, he's, a sneeze. A sneeze. <laughs> I am a sneeze. Father of a chew. Bless you. Bless no, you. no, no, no. <laughs> so which becomes one of the running gags throughout mm-hmm. the uh, the thing. The, basically, the uh, the homage to Morgan Freeman's character in the Prince of Thieves movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, so, the, the one thing I forgot was that Dave Chappelle was in the movie because, like you said, it was his first... Mm-hmm. Screen performance, so it was before he became the biggest comedy star in the planet, right? So when mm-hmm. you when I saw it in 1993, I didn't know who he was, and I forgot he was in it till I the credits popped up. Dave Chappelle, huh? No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what part he played. Oh wait, <laughs> no. the, the second the <laughs> second character, the second lead. Yeah. yeah. And he was good in it. I mean, he, he, mm-hmm. he was very, he was very natural. So he, he has that very Dave Chappelle delivery of like, you know, I'm just gonna gonna throw it out there and see what happens, you know. And 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 if you don't like it, tough. I don't care. You know, he's got that mm-hmm. kind of very easygoing flow to it. But he uh, he has great. He has just his timing is insane. Mm-hmm. His ability to just kind of just drop right into a scene or right into a moment and 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 have oh. the right thing to say or have the, you know deliver the right line. It's just it's. I, that's why this kid is genius. When Robin yeah. met little John at the bridge. Yeah. The, for the bridge. I'm, I'm on this side. I'm on this side. <laughs> yeah. He's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> oh, that, I mean, that was a funny scene. I mean, come on. Yeah. Little John's <laughs> under the water. Just cross. Got them breaking the staffs. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. The, the staff keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller until they're just doing little, like, little slap fights. <laughs> And then the little John falls into the water. I'm drowning. <laughs> and then like the gig was up at that point. Cause everybody's like, wait, come on. <laughs> you saved my life, Robin. <laughs> oh, come on. And I, and I think more than, 
I mean, there are, there are several times in Mel Brooks movies where the character, the actor will break the fourth wall, look directly at the audience and, and share a joke, share a punchline. Mm-hmm. It really felt like they were doing it more than ever before in this one. You know, like they were, they were, everybody was getting a shot at breaking the fourth wall somewhere along the line where they would just look at the audience and share a nod or, or mm-hmm. make a comment to the audience directly. There was, there was just a lot of that going on. I don't know if you guys noticed it as much oh, as yeah. I did. Oh yeah. I mean, it was definitely a, I mean, it's very definitely a, a pun movie. I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. serious in any way. And <laughs> actually, just as much as this was a take on the Kevin Costner Robin Hood, I I think it was just as much a takeoff on the Daffy Duck cartoon Robin Hood Daffy. Really, you remember the one where Daffy Duck was Robin Hood and vaguely. Porky Pig was Friar Tuck? I vaguely remember. Yeah, that. Oh, it's wow, one of my that's... favorite cartoons oh. and. And so many scenes, including the staff fighting scene, reminded me of that. And I do think that they referenced it in the movie because at one point, uh, Daffy's trying to memorize the moves and he goes, guard, turn, turn, die, die, Yep. And they did Oh, that and, and that final movie. fight scene with the sheriff? Uh-huh. I got it. I, I was much, I did not pick up on that. I was like, I thought he was coaching. I thought he was like he was coaching the sheriff because he was standing there so casually in that little alcove, just just going through you know his 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 moves as quickly as possible and like teaching. It was almost like he was teaching the sheriff how to try and beat him. Mm-hmm. That was the impression I was getting at least. <laughs> so because when he's done, he's like, "Good, much." You know, like he's like cheering him on almost. So I I think they just paid a little tribute to Looney Tunes version. Possibly, of yeah. As well. Fantastic. That's a great observation. There, I, I could see that. Yeah. I'm looking to see if it's in the trivia. I'll okay. let you know. Very good. Very good. Right. So, yeah. The, the castle getting repossessed in the beginning. That was good. The castle being repossessed <laughs> in the beginning. Now, I'm trying blinking. I'm, no, I know all the classic... Um, Robin Hood characters, Little John and Will Scarlet, but mm-hmm. was Blinken a, a or, or a version of Blinken a recurring character in the Robin Hood mythos? That I'm not I'm really. No, I think what he was because because what happens is in the Kevin Costner movie when he does get home, there was the the house steward, um, and I can't remember the character's name from that particular movie, but he had been blinded in the sheriff's raid that. Uh, killed Robin's father and ruined the castle. So here's this old blind hermit basically tending to the ruins of this family home. Oh, I did remember that. And uh, and so I think Blinken was basically just a, a parody of that particular character. Okay. For some, for some obvious, you know, pardon the pun, sorry, for some obvious sight gags. You know, yeah. you know, because the the references is throughout when he's when he's getting into the fights and he he carves up that pillar that wooden pillar <laughs> in the you know yep. when and um you know the the, the Playboy in Braille you know mm-hmm. that he's holding in when he's yep. first introduced stuff like and, that you in know in the bathroom after the, the castle gets repossessed yes right <laughs> I thought it got a bit drafty yeah <laughs> and his name is Blinken and he can't see right. Mm-hmm. And there's that scene about three quarters of the way through when they're in the woods and Maid Marian comes to see Robin and he comes down off of the, the guard post and he falls and mm-hmm. the, the, the concussion of the fall knocks his sight back. He's <laughs> yeah. like, Oh my God, I can see. And then he turns and slams into the tree. <laughs> nope. never mind. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, 
uh, Tanya, uh, you did mention why you like this movie more than the other Mel Brooks movies because you like Robin Hood. Did you yes. find it funny? Did you find the movie funny or I, I did find it funny. Okay. I just um the the everlast um chastity <laughs> belt. belt. <laughs> and, and uh the the lady in waiting is like, Oh, it'll rust. You'll have to get out of the bath, it'll rust. Oh, you know, it I saw the same relationship that I saw with in Spaceballs with with um Vespa and Dot, Dot Matrix. Matrix. Yeah. You you had the 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 guardian oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. lady in waiting kind of thing you know the protector of the virginity so it was like oh he's doing that trope again gotcha okay yeah so. yeah it was it was definitely similar there mm -hmm. but yeah yeah i'm not seeing the the nod to looney tunes on this whatsoever i was probably just my own brain which is and that's wanting to see something yeah, and that's that's a valid observation, though, because until you mentioned it, I didn't even pick up on that. I know I, I've got my opinion of, of how that was supposed to be presented, but I was like, oh, yeah, now mm -hmm. that Billy mentions it. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, um, listener, yes, I'm talking to you. Um, there, if you haven't seen the movie, there there might be spoilers here. Spoilers. spoilers. Just saying. <laughs> a new fragrance by the Mighty Monkey Corporation. Smell like a spoiler. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Okay, I, yeah, I realized that, what, 20 minutes in? <laughs> yeah, a little late, but, you know. Might be a little late on that one, but you know what? Hey, you better late than never. It's though, so, you know, a little late for spoilers, you know. That's all right. You know, it's 28 years ago. Come on. Wow, 28 that's... years ago. That's crazy. I know. It's hard oh, isn't to that crazy? Who said, who said that? <laughs> hey, um, Tanya. Hey, Christopher. If I have my, my bearing of how we do this correctly, you right now are on the IMDB page for trivia. Am I correct? Uh, yes. Why don't you hit us with a couple of pieces so we can learn a little bit about behind the scenes. Okay. Um, Throughout the movie, a mole on Prince, the face of Prince John yeah. changes position. <laughs> yes. It starts on his left the cheek, then it goes to his chin, his lip, his right cheek, and finally his forehead. This lampoons the mole on Alan Rickman's face in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It's also a nod to the famous Igor's hump gag from Young Frankenstein. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then it's pointed out to him at one point, Robert Reese says to Richard Lewis about it. Like, Richard I Lewis have is a, like, I have a mole. Yeah, that was another piece later on. Uh-huh. Oh. Um, none of the actors or actresses sang their own parts. Sorry. All of the singing was done by professional singers. Yeah, that wasn't too obvious. No, I, I couldn't Deborah tell. James yeah, I couldn't Chang tell. and Arthur Rubin did the singing for Amy Yazbek and Carrie Ells. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, let's see. One recommendation. When I was a kid, there was a sitcom called When Things Were Rotten. It was a, a Robin Hood parody. Dick Godier played Robin Hood. Uh, Dick Van Patten played Fur mm -hmm. Talk. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, Mel Brooks was one of the creators of that. Yes, yeah, it, it says it. Yeah, this wasn't the first Mel Brooks Robin Hood parody. His previous attempt was a short-lived television series when things were rotten. I really liked that when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Dick Van Patten, who plays Abbott in this film, played okay. Friar Tuck in the series. Hey Abbott! I hate that guy. <laughs> 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 that's a good joke yeah oh, let's it's it just it's this wonderful rolling thing and you know i think it was interesting i don't know if you said it while we were recording in the early minutes or just before we got recording but tanya's like this one was really quick 
And and I looked it up, and the length of it is is on par with with Spaceballs and with History of the World Part One and stuff like that, and other movies of its time. It's an hour and forty four, right? But I think it, as we talked about it, it's the pacing of it that it goes right. Mm-hmm. There's it's always mm-hmm. something going on. It, there's a smooth transition from instead of vignette to vignette, like in History of the World Part One, that could be a little distracting at times. This was the story flowed through and it got from point A to point B fairly fairly effectively. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I wrong in that one? Did anybody disagree? Agree? No, I mean it, it, it was it was flow. It was a, a quick story. There wasn't a lot of extra stuff in there. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't. You know, did he ever re- steal from the rich, give to the poor in the movie? I think That's... that was the basic outline work and the speech towards the beginning. It, no, it went into you wanted free health care and the, <laughs> yeah, but he talks about it. But it's all about getting. But it's all about it, yeah. It he never actually... robs a rich guy. Yeah. No. Um, you know, and it was interesting. Carrie Elwes's Robin Hood had this propensity for the windy speeches, mm-hmm. and just getting into and being over the top about <laughs> yeah. you know he'd start t- pledging himself to people, and, the, and then he'd start getting into the speech, and he'd channel his inner Winston Churchill, and yeah, they, they did they played on that a lot, where Robin would just start diving into speeches. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, let's see what else. How about another piece of trivia? Oh, I was looking. Uh, when the newly recruited merry men are getting outfitted with clothing and weapons, mm-hmm. their tights can be are seen being taken out of pl- giant plastic eggs. Right. This is in reference to when legs pantyhose used to be sold in the plastic eggs packages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it said that uh, Hulk Hogan was initially con- offered the part of Little John, but he turned it down. Jeez. Oh, hmm. That would have been he, he might have been a little too over at the top for it. Yeah, I don't think that would have sold for me, to be honest. Yeah, he would have been too I, I don't know. I don't know if he could tone I don't know if he could tone himself down. He could have toned Well, I've seen him in interviews where Hulk Hogan becomes Terry Boella once again and you yeah. can kind of see him just kind of chilling and sitting there. But it mm-hmm. happens on such a rare occasion when he's when he's on film. He's Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. and he's just full throttle. And and I don't know if that would have done that character. I mean, not not it like that was not it was an uh, an Oscar worthy performance from Little John, but still, you know, there are times where he has to be I mean, second I, and third to to carry Elvis's Robin. Could, could you see Hulk Hogan being in that 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 little tiny river and I'm drowning, I'm drowning. <laughs> if you remade the movie today, The Rock uh-huh. could do it. Oh, the oh, Rock, God, yes. It. The Rock is amazing. I mean, absolutely. With Kevin Hart as as a Jew. (laughs) Yes, I was just. (laughs) Kevin Hart as a Jew. And then you just watch the two of them. Just, just, you don't even have to script the two of them. Just let them go. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. All right. All right. Let's play this one out then. Who would be, who would take over for Carrie Elwes' Robin Hood in a Mel Brooks uh, remake of Mel Brooks' Robin Hood Men in Tights? With with The Rock and. uh, Rock and and Kevin Hart. Hart. You know, as as Um. Little John and a Chew. I, I would I would almost have to say you're looking at probably Zach Efron. Not bad. Hmm. Yeah. A, a young because the kid's proved he's got chops. Mm-hmm. The kid has proved on a couple of places where he actually knows how to play funny and serious. He can do it. He can go straight, but he can also be, uh, you know, over the top at the same time. I've seen it. You know, we, we mm-hmm. watched this kid grow up. I think it would probably be a thing. Um, and it, and it, he would not fit. 
What with Tom, Tom Holland? He's British. Tom Holland would be good too. Oh, Tom yeah. Holland would be would be a good would be a good one. Um, but he's I don't know. He's a little too young still. No, no, no. I don't think it's it's a youth factor. I think it's it's well, yeah, because yeah. Tom Brady is is very much quote unquote your average teenager kind of a kind yeah, of he's still still that. a little young. I think he's got yeah. the potential, but I think he, for that particular part, he's still a little young. To go I mean, with his, another Avenger, Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. For Little John. Yeah. Let's see. Robin. Zach Efron might be the guy. Finn Wolfhard. Oh, Finn Wolfhard might be a good one, yeah. Um, Tim, uh, who's who's the one who's going to be coming out in Dune? Oh, Timothy Chalamet? Yeah, Tim Chalamet. That might be a good one. But he again, like Tom, that's the Tom Holland effect. He might be a little yeah. kind of young-ish. For that kind of a thing, just yet. Hmm. Let's see. And then you know we have Prince of Thieves has the great cameo from Sean Connery at the end. Mm-hmm. Robin Hood, Prince uh, Men in Tights has Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart doing a send up yeah. of that at the mm-hmm. end. So for a remake of Mel Brooks's Robin Hood Men in Tights, you'd have to have Kevin Costner be the <laughs> oh King Richard. A great call <laughs> coming back as King Richard, <laughs> and you know, he would just be standing there going. Huh, this looks familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Patrick Stewart again. Yeah, that's possible. That would work. Or Mel Brooks himself. Yeah. That would be funny. So, but there's a tangent for you. Give me another give me another piece of trivia, something to talk about. Uh, Let's give him something to talk about. Dun, dun, dun. Really? What? <laughs> Uh, oh, when Mel Brooks first called Carrie Ellis to offer him the lead role, Ellis thought it was a prank and hung up on him. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. I've heard so many stories like that over the years, where, where people would get called from famous people to like say, you know, actors would get these calls like, "Hey, we want you to be in this movie." You're like, "Yeah, right. Who is this?" <laughs> no, no, it really is. Wait, what? <laughs> but where a chew pumps up his sneakers during a fight. Oh, that oh, was hysterical. Because <laughs> Dave, Dave happened to be wearing shoes on set during, along with his costume. <laughs> but Mel Brooks decided to make a joke out of it. So he kept there it. There you go. <laughs> and that's, that's something. I mean, that's, that shows the genius. And we've talked about this in the past with Spaceballs and with History of the World, that he's just so quick of finding things, mm-hmm. you know, and just making something on the spot and going with it and rolling it and making it happen. And it's just, it's part of his charm. You know, I see a lot of people doing that, but you know, Mel Brooks was especially good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the when the sheriff is impaled by Robin's sword, Latrine offers to save his life with a magic pill. That pill is, in fact, a lifesaver's mint. Yeah. It's a, it was a peppermint lifesaver. Peppermint <laughs> lifesaver. Mm-hmm. Tracy Ullman was inspired. That woman's oh, amazing. And I, I think I read somewhere that Madeline Kahn. Was originally going to be offered the role, which oh, I kind of you would figure that because yeah. she was a, a standard in Mel Brooks's um, retinue of folks there. Yeah, I, but wasn't she already? She was sick at that point, I believe. Madeline probably, a, yeah, because I I think she passed away a couple of years after it was made. Madeline, she was in you know, Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein, mm-hmm. and well, she passed yep. away in '99, so it was a couple of years. It was six years after. Men in tights, but I gotta wonder. I gotta wonder if that was who he had in mind when he created that character. 
But you know, hey, quote unquote settling for Tracy Ullman is never a bad thing. No. no. How about okay. the fox? <laughs> fox oh, were they fox? Yeah, I'm going to fox them, <laughs> which is such a short term joke when you think about it because faxing was big thing in the 90s but now you mm. say i'm going to fax that to him and you're like what huh? you well, know it's a fax yeah it's been so super it doesn't matter you know what's kind of funny there is a fax machine at city hall well, i'm sure doctor's office is still a fax machine mm-hmm. that blows me away when and i'm like oh we'll fax it to you like what people still do that our copier still is a fax machine at work yeah that's well, amazing. It cost them so little to add that in there, and then if mm-hmm. people happen to want it, but like you know, most of them don't even have landlines, so <laughs> right. Yeah, mine, mine could be a fax too, but uh, I'm missing a landline. <laughs> hey, I'm looking at my printer. It's a print, fax, scan, scan, copy, and web, mm-hmm. so I could mm-hmm. do it. But I actually do have a landline, but <gasps> it's not necessarily connected up to this. Say it ain't so. I know you have a landline. We do. And that's just a whole another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sean Connery wanted to be king, wanted to reprise his role as King Richard. Did he really? But in drag. Oh my God. (laughs) Mel Brooks thought thought it was funny too, but turned it down due due to his salary. (laughs) Well, going back to the gag about Robin being able to speak with an English accent. Mm-hmm. Of course, the um, <clears throat> viewers who saw both movies in dubbed version wouldn't get this gag or couldn't get this gag. For the German dubbed version, the gag was changed to because I, unlike some other Robin Hoods, do not cost the producers $5 million. Oh, <laughs> so nice. the word Kosten, cost, is also pronounced to sound a little bit like Costner. That's In funny. the French wow. and the Italian dubbed versions, it is translated as because unlike other Robin Hoods, I do not dance with the wolves. Referring to the oh, dances wow. with the wolves. Yeah. Oh, that's a <laughs> so joke. Other people are taking direct shots at Costner wow. as well. <laughs> In Quebec, Jeez. the translation because, because unlike other Robin Hoods, I accept to wear tights. Which refers to the fact that Costner didn't wear tights in the 1991 movie. Right. Because it the Hung- uh, realistic aspect. Yeah. In the Hungarian version, he says, because unlike Kevin Costner's, Unlike Kevin Costner, I have a shapely bottom. A reference to the infamous fact that Costner used a body double in the nude scene. That's funny. Wow, they sure had a lot of fun with the translations there, didn't Man, they? Man, they, oh, yeah. they whooped on him. <laughs> Poor guy. I know, seriously. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Now, according to 80skid.com, Carrie Elwes was first offered the role in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves before Costner. Really? But he turned it down because he didn't want to be typecast as like a swashbuckler uh, type of hero after Princess Bride. Uh-huh. But then showed up in Robin Hood, Men in Tights. parody, yeah. Yeah. In fact, Costner didn't get it until after Mel Gibson turned it down. Wow. Hmm. Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. That is an interesting concept. I think one of these days we're going to have to not a book club, uh, Prince of Thieves, just to give me a reason to watch it again, because now I'm mm-hmm. getting the itch. And, you know, it, it, here's the thing. This is all this steep slope for a person who had my my addiction of, of what I did in the 1990s, where Prince of uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights leads to me wanting to watch Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, which will lead me to want to watch Princess Bride again, which will lead me to watch Excalibur again, which will lead me to start going back online and starting to find all my garbage so I can go to the Renaissance Festival. <laughs> 
See, which made me want to watch the Daffy Duck cartoon. Which made there you me go. Wanna, See, we go in different watch directions. The, I, I want, acceptable. I want to watch the Mel Brooks sitcom again. The mm-hmm. uh, when things were rotten, <laughs> and the Disney cart. Actually, when I first got Disney Plus, one of the first things I watched was the uh, Robin Hood cartoon, where with the fox and the bear, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah, that was one of my first go tos. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a thing. Wow. That's funny. Now, the 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 woman that played Maid Marion was she well known for anything else? Amy Yesback? Uh, yeah, she okay. was. She was in Wings, wasn't she? The the, yeah, the sitcom. Yep. Yes. Um, and I've seen her in several other things. I knew she the married, name, married but to John I don't know why. She married, married to John Ritter until he died. Oh, oh right, right. I remember that. She was in Pretty Pretty Little know, Liars. She was pretty, like Pretty Woman. Let's see, Amy, yes. as, as Elizabeth she was Meg and Little Women Big Cars. It was a TV series or a movie. Um, a lot of TV shows, at least some cameos, yeah. anyways. One episode. Oh, she was also the female lead in Mel Brooks' last movie, Dracula Dead and Loving It. And The Mask. Okay. The Jim Carrey yep. movie? Yep. Mm-hmm. When did that come out? Oh, that was a while. Oh, 94. Okay. Yeah. I see it. Okay. Yeah. Small parts. Like she mm-hmm. was uh, on Quantum Leap for an episode. Uh, oh, I love Quantum Leap. Uh, Magnum PI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm looking at her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She did a lot of episodic television. Days of Our Lives. That's where I saw her. No, not just kidding. <laughs> That's where I would see her. Well, that's what I would, I'm like. I watched Days in Real Lives. I never saw it in my life. <sighs> yeah, Pretty Woman. She was Elizabeth Stuckey. Hmm. It's Cosby Show. What else was she in? Um, I definitely didn't know her from Splash Two. Because yeah. I didn't know there was a splash too. It was one of those ones that shouldn't have been made. Yeah. <laughs> because they cleverly spelled two T O O. Oh, Elizabeth Stuckey was the wife of Jason Alexander in Pretty Woman. So oh, when they were okay. so when they're at the um polo competition mm-hmm. or whatever. Yep. Okay. So a small role. Yeah. Let's see. After, oh, wrongful death's, death lawsuit. After her husband, John Ritter, died, mm-hmm. Yazbek filed a $67 million wrongful death lawsuit against the hospital and several doctors who treated him, alleging they misdiagnosed his condition that contributed to, her de- to his death. Several of the defendants settled out of court for a total of $14 million. Wow. So... Hmm. Yes, Beck. But uh, I, I thought she was good as Maid Marian. Oh yeah, I mean mm-hmm. she brought that that the rhythm to that part, mm-hmm. so it worked out yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Actually, did you ever see Robin and Marian with uh, Sean Connery? Oh God, yeah, I do remember that one. It was such a long time ago, though. Mm-hmm. I but I remember I that, that one. one. Who played Marian in that? That's what I'm just looking up. I remember Sean Connery, Audrey Hepburn. 
Oh, wow. Wow. There's a cast for you. 1976. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Robin Hood, aging none too gracefully, oh. returns exhausted from the Crusades to woo and win Maid Marian one last time. <laughs> I was trying to figure out um, the, the actress that played the um, Broomhild, the mm-hmm. protective oh, the, one. Megan, like, uh, uh, Megan Cavanaugh. Yeah, I'm like looking at her. I'm like, where the hell else do I know her from? Well, I'm character like, actress. A League yeah. of Rome. Yep, I just yep. popped over to it, yep. and uh, uh, yeah, it was in Dracula Dead and Loving It. Uh, Miss Congeniality mm-hmm. too. The voice in Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> what else? All right. So, what was our favorite part of this particular movie? Dan, it's hard to pick out one part. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I it, it flowed well, and I, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed most of it. And there, there was very few parts that I was like, "Oh, just move on." Yeah, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like the, be- it wasn't the best show of all time, but it was definitely it got, it still got some a, a lot of laughs for me. It was consistent. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. All right, Tanya. I think I liked the part that made me laugh is when all the, um, is it this one where all the soldiers are falling down? Oh yeah. Oh, when, like when domino, the domino effect. Domino effect. <laughs> yeah. I am just like, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. And I'm like, there had to been a lot of like dummies in there. Mm. But there oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you course. can see most, most of them were actual mannequins. And then every so often you had a stunt man. Cause you see the knees buckle knees, as, right. as, the, as the person would fall forward. Mm-hmm. Definitely it a ridiculous says, scene. <laughs> the shot of the guards falling down in a row took several weeks to prepare. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that that was that re- that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was funny because it yes definitely reminded me of Domino's. <laughs> Wilhelm, uh, I think the uh, scene where Robin meets Little John, uh, as previously mentioned, the staffs. The staff fight, <laughs> that, that all jumping across funny. basically the puddle. <laughs> that was a very funny scene. So I, I think that's my favorite scene <laughs> in the movie. Okay, because I also the staff fight, even though it's not the same thing, reminds me a little bit of the scene in Monty Python and the Holy Grail with the Black Knight. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> None shall pass. <laughs> Uh, I, I thought Carrie Ellis, I mean, he really carried the movie. I mean, he was, he did a great job with it. I mean, I think that, mm-hmm. that was a, yeah, a big part of it that he kept absolutely. it. He, you know, he was, he was a strong part of the movie. It's like, you know, um, going, moving off topic a little bit, they, uh, you know, the, the movies that made, uh, movies that made us, they gave them out season two and they talked about back to the future is the first one in that one. And so they talked about how, you know, the, the, the main actor just makes a big difference. If you get the right person, you know, when they started out, you know, we talked about it there when we talked about Back to the Future, we, when um, they started off with the wrong guy, it mm-hmm. Marty, and it just, it they got into a lot more detail on it with this, this show here, but it just, you know, how that, having that right person can make or break a movie type of thing. Yep. And no, he was valid. definitely, uh, he was definitely the, the right person for that. And he's just, he, he did an excellent job, I thought. I mean, he was one of the reasons why I love this movie. 
And actually, Roger Reese is the sheriff of, of Rottingham. Underrated. I, I mm-hmm. thought he did a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. He threw himself into it. It was definitely good. It was a lot of fun to watch him in action, <laughs> and, especially and, and, when he get himself all riled up so he wouldn't be able to speak straight. Oh, I know. I mean, does it say all those things wrong all the time? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, say, Carrie always has a ton of stuff in uh, production and post production right now. Wow. He's been busy lately, huh? Yeah. Something called Bestsellers that came out in 2021. Um, a completed thing called burning at both ends a castle for christmas is in post-production um untitled guy Ritchie film is in Mm post-production why not choose love a mary pickford manifesto is in post-production the hyperions is in post-production the gettysburg address it's a documentary i'm definitely not watching that um mission impossible 7 he's filming right now really and on the franchise huh and Butterfly and the Typewriter is in pre-production. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, well, it's so. nice to see the boy's busy because he's really good. <laughs> my my favorite part was the obligatory musical number. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially because Dan and I have some nostalgia when it comes to this particular number. Oh, yes. We, we've performed it for... When, yeah. when we were doing the Aquinas Follies back in the day before mm-hmm. Justin was We had to wear our, our tights. Yep. We were we were dressed appropriately for that. Yes. And remember when we when uh, Channel 13 sent Stan Monroe out to... Oh uh, and we got him in tight. And then he got into the costume and joined us for the number. It was hilarious. Oh, oh we had such a great time. We ran into Stan Monroe in tights in um, the Ren Fair. Yep. Several times. Stan so. Monroe was just a... He was, he's, yeah. he's a character, that guy. Yes. Absolutely. Still is. His amazing toothpick creations there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would never have thought about that as a thing to do, but wow. I mean, the stuff he creates is amazing. And we have gone from Robin Hood to toothpicks. Well, you know, we're good at that sort of thing. Yeah. So we would recommend you watch this movie if you've not done so already, or if you have watched it and haven't seen it in a very long time it's definitely worth sitting down and, and knocking a couple of hours out of your data to take in some some classic mel brooks it mm-hmm. was one of his final movies as we talked about uh before he decided to uh just kind of show up in other people's movies and enjoy retirement mm-hmm. at the what he's now what 95 as 95 yeah and just and still making people laugh every chance he gets uh so definitely worth the watch we had a lot of fun with that one and, uh, and we hope you get a chance to enjoy it. And if you do, let us know what you thought about it and, and, uh, and share your comments and, and what you liked and didn't like about it. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it will be wrap up. And, of course, our question of the week, plus a quick little announcement. It's back. September 25th and 26th of 2021. Flower City Comic Con. We have guests. We have cosplay. We have and we have seasons in the sun. Okay, sorry, mind. our first take. <laughs> and we're back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dudes and dudettes, and all points in between. We hope you guys are having a great day. Absolutely, hope you're having a wonderful day. Uh, and uh, I know we've been having fun as we always do. Um, so, quick, we're going to jump into announcements. This is it. We're, we're we're wrapping FC3 Monkey business up for a few weeks because we're going to go ahead and start diverting our energy into all of the final prep for the Flower City Comic Con, the 2021 show coming up September 25th and 27th, or 27th, oh my God, 
Wow. Twenty-fifth to the thirty-first. We're gonna have five days of <laughs> of merriment. That would be amazing if we could eventually work our way up oh to being a five-day convention. That'd be hilariously good. Fun. It's gonna be held in San Diego. There we are. Yes. <laughs> Oh, let's not let's not invoke no, that bear. No, let's not let's no, not invoke no, that bear. Not. <laughs> no, we love you, San Diego. We would never challenge you. We're just yeah, a small fish in a big pond. <laughs> yes. So September twenty fifth and twenty sixth at the Total Sports Experience on Elm Grove Road in Gates, right off of the five thirty one expressway. Easy to free find. parking. Free parking <laughs> on a bus route. Find an Uber. There's all sorts of ways to get there. Have a friend drive you. Uh, come join us at the Total Sports Experience in Gates. So in lieu of us in that run-up, we only have a couple of months left. Uh, two months today. Yes. Two months today. Two months wow. Today. We're coming. As we're recording this. Um, so we were at that 60-day mark. And uh, so we are going to be devoting our time to getting that show together and, and working on, as Dan said, the working on the experience and improving things for you so that you can have the best show possible. With that being said, uh, FC3 Monkey Business will be wrapping up for Season 5. We are done with Season 5. And in October, in October, holy Moses, mm -hmm. Season, let's say it together, Six. 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 Ah. <laughs> oh, brother. Season six of FC3 Monkey Business episodes, I don't know, 203 to, to 497. I don't know what we're going to do with that one. It's going to be amazing. But we're going to uh, we're going to kick back and we're going to see, as always, we're going to see what works, what doesn't, and we're going to fine tune it to give you the best podcast experience so you can enjoy your gratuitous nerdity with us as you will every week from here on in. And if there's anything you want to hear in the new season, let us know. Absolutely. They have plenty of time to prep for it. Yes. I know, seriously. Tell us what you know what brings you back to listening to us every week. Post it on several of you do. Email us. Yeah. Email yeah. us at media at fc3roc.org. I mean you can mm -hmm. email us or just post on our page and yeah, we'd love to hear what you what you guys think be wonderful to hear from you absolutely mm -hmm. give us a little feedback tell us what you like what you don't like and uh and if you really do like us if you really want to join the cause uh www.patreon.com backslash fc3roc find us on patreon find james irish's gaming blog find a whole bunch of sponsorship levels and tell us what you think by supporting us and helping us have the resources to do the things that we do uh every week with you know with our you know, various things that we, we rely on to get the job done. Mm -hmm. uh, and we would be grateful and appreciative of your support. So, and we love you guys. I mean, you're the reason we've been at this for five seasons. You know, we, we 203 episodes. 203 episodes of Monkey Business. And <laughs> uh, we keep coming back to keep doing it because, A, we love being around each other. We love having fun together and having these discussions and chatting with each other and, and finding new people to talk to and new things to talk about. But we do it because we know that you have always enjoyed it. And we know that you have reached out to us on the in the past and said, "Hey, you guys, I, we I love this comment, or I love this particular podcast, or you guys did you know, made me laugh here, or you made me think over here, uh, you know." And so we do it for you. So you know, spread the word, introduce our introduce us to other friends and family, and let us know, hey, these guys are all right, you know. And we would appreciate that. That would be cool. But we will be back come October and uh, season six. So that's going to be a thing. Uh. I know, my God, it's going to be amazing. Um, and so with that being said, and that being out there, it is time for one last season five question of 
the week. Danielson, do you have your list? I do. All right. I am going to ask you for a question number 199. Oh, that's kind of a weird question. Okay, then I'm asking you for questions. Then I'm going to go to 203, because this is episode 203, so we're going to do question 203. Okay. What still makes you cringe when you think back on it? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Just as as 199 was, what escalated very quickly? (laughs) (laughs) What escalated very quickly? Comments on the board page, on the board Oh, my God, yeah. What escalates Um, very quickly? Hey, Billy uh, Billy. Billy Billy. Yes, yes, yes. yes there he is. Yeah. Um, what was that question two or three again? What still makes you cringe when you think what back on it? What makes me cringe? Uh-huh. Oh, let me think. I'm, I'm having trouble so far. I don't, nothing immediately comes to mind, although. And this is a man who worked for Brother Weeze for, for several oh, years. Just, okay, let, let me, let, uh, okay, actually, yeah, the day I was let go from my heart radio, oh, I guess, would be the one because I still remember the day. Uh-huh. It was, uh January 13th. Cringeworthy kind of a moment, huh? Uh, 2020, which really got 2020 <laughs> kicked off in, I yeah, guess, the direction. That's just, oh, yeah. So, oh yeah, um, having no idea that it was going to happen then finding out about a thousand people across the country who were like going, I was one of them and I wound up uh, being interviewed. God, was it fortune magazine that called business weekly? Someone wound up calling me somehow. Mm -hmm. I wound up being one of the headliners of the people that go across the country where I made a couple national websites. Well, it's you. I mean, come on. How how can they blame you? How can you? Yeah, I guess. Uh, (laughs) But I'll, I'll go with that being let go from a, job i had a long time that i loved although mm-hmm. to be honest with you the new job i have i really i, I really like it i like the hours Good. i like i like the pay i like the people um in fact now in retrospect it's sort of criminal how badly iHeartRadio paid me so maybe mm-hmm. that makes me cringe the pay i worked for for at iHeartRadio. But you did love doing it, though, right? I mean, yeah, you loved I, I love doing it. You know, so it's you know, it's, yeah, yeah. There's there, there's that balance of everything, but it's yeah, good. That, it's good that you have a job now that you're happy with, and you yeah, love it, I so. like the job. I like the people. I like the pay. <laughs> I like the benefits now. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with a couple different aspects of the iHeartRadio thing. What yeah. about you, Christopher? I'm, I'm going to take a more comedic bent. Um, several years ago, I was unfortunately at a funeral, of all things. Um, that's not the cringeworthy part. Uh, but one of the decedent's children, uh, who was at this point, I think in his early, almost, you know, mid-30s, mid-late 30s at this point, but it had always been kind of that questionable you know, people were like, oh, you know, we can do a thing, but somebody keep this guy under under wraps as best you can because he was such a loose cannon. He had had some issues, but his, his personality was very over the top. And he behaved himself for the majority of the ceremony. But then the priest did the one thing that nobody expected. And just before closing everything up uh, and, and saying the final, the final whatever, uh, he said, does, does anybody wish to step forward? And, and say anything to, you know, add to the, the list of eulogies about the decedent. And there was this murmur in the crowd as several people were like, oh, yeah, no, that'd be cool. That'd be great. But there was this one cadre 
of immediate family that all looked at him in sheer utter panic as he suddenly sprung to his feet. <laughs> and he got up and you could just be like it was there was there was a silent you could just look at their expressions and it was like no. <laughs> and 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 I, I was I was with Erica at the time we were sitting next to each other and we just kind of looked at each other like what's about to happen? What what did we what are we witnessing here? And doesn't this guy, apparently he knew this was going to happen. Unlike n- nobody else in the church, this guy knew this was going to happen. As he proceeds to come out with a boombox and starts playing a song, which was very, it was very emotional. It, it, it was basically, it was, it was a very R&B flavored song uh, that was, the singer was, was lamenting about the passing of somebody very close and was reaching, you know, just kind of like trying to sing the song to this person. I'm like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. But then he starts dancing and lip syncing to it and and then at one point started singing along with it and he can't sing (laughs) so it's like like me singing kind of thing yes and so we're watching this moment unfold and it was really it was like out of a will ferrell movie and and i just remember kind of just just looking around uncomfortably just looking around a lot like where I'm looking at people who are going to be sharing my pain at the moment, you know, it had been such a lovely ceremony. We just wanted to get out of the church at this point. Cause everybody was emotions were, were really mm-hmm. high at the moment <laughs> as they would be at the end of a funeral. And, and, but this happened. And I just remember staring at Erica and Erica staring at me and we're just, she actually buried, she started to laugh out loud and she buried herself behind her hands and just kind of and start shaking her shoulders and and I just immediately just went into my coat pocket pulled out some Kleenex and handed them to her and she started making it look like she was trying to cry you know she's <laughs> like and, and she was that was one of those moments where like wow that happened and I still think it was probably one of the most cringeworthy events that I've ever ever witnessed uh, like the, seeing like the videos of uh, people who know they're going to die, so they record their voice to have their voice played at the funeral, like from the yes. coffin. <laughs> Help! Let me out. <laughs> yeah, that Irishman who did that a couple of years ago. I remember yes. that making the 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 video circuit, the video clip circuit. <laughs> Help! Let me out. Let me out of here. Oh, somebody pour me a beer. <laughs> it's Actually, dark in here. <laughs> Chris, you just reminded me a story. If I can go back <laughs> to tell this story, sure, because it may uh, fit in better than my serious one. Uh, I used to work for a, a local cover band. I used to on weekends have some funs w- with a band that played weddings and anniversary parties and, and some bars and stuff called the mm-hmm. Boss Street Band. Mm-hmm. And we were playing a, a wedding, I think it was. And someone came up to me and said, can the band dedicate a song to Arnold White? So I convey this to the lead singer. Mm-hmm. And at one point, the, the, the lead singer goes, we got a song for Arnold White. Where's Arnold White? Well, it turns out they wanted to dedicate it to him because he had passed away. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's right on Seinfeld. So, uh, uh, Arnold, <laughs> Arnold White is dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, that that was uncomfortable at the moment. But from that point on, we always said, if we ever record an, an album, the name of the album has to be Where's Arnold White? <laughs> With the band, looked like a couple of them shrugging their shoulders, a couple people like 
looking off at the, with their hand, their hand on their forehead, like they're looking off in the distance. Yes, someone oh, looking dude. under in the closet. Where's Arnold White? So, oh my, that God. became our our catchphrase. Where's Arnold White? Is our uncomfortable phrase of the day. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow, that is amazing. That is definitely wild level stuff right mm-hmm. there. Wow. I don't think yeah. I can top any of that. No, I know. Or, I'm like, I, uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything specific. Yeah, me either. I'm like, <laughs> I know I've done a lot of things that I've that I've cringed at that I've done, but I can't think of what the specifics are, or or I can't think of what I'd want to share. Let me rephrase mm-hmm. that, potentially. But I, okay. I've definitely done a lot of things that I cringe at if I ever look back at. But I don't know if I can share any of that. <laughs> That's how cringy it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I ugh, I have not a clue. Um, I've been thinking this entire time. You know, I. Yeah. No, you know. Yeah. No, I got nothing right now. That's all right. We love you guys anyway. It's all good. So yeah. very well, well, well then. In that case, time, they'll have time to come up with it to discuss in the cringy panel at the uh, com- bar city. <laughs> oh, maybe yeah. No. Cringy <laughs> things that have happened to us at eleven o'clock at panel room two. <laughs> <laughs> the cringe panel. That's a, that'd be our thing. <laughs> <laughs> things to make you go ooh. <laughs> I'm so putting that in now. I so have to make that happen. I may go on to grow ticks right now and do it. We'll, yeah. watch, we'll watch a couple of you know we'll watch a couple of particular guests come in with like thinking speaking of things that make it cringe. <laughs> None of our current guests. Nope. Nope. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like the uh, the wrestlers we had at the first show. Yeah. Yeah. Things that make you go, huh? I'm trying to remember the first show. Okay, that we was... had uh, Tito Santana, but then we had the Nasty Boys. Come the in. Nasty Boys. That was the one. They were. Um, they, they lived up to the name, yes. Yeah, they they, they lived up to the name. Yep. Mm-hmm. But they were a last minute thing, and yeah, we, we okay. That we does learned, make you cringe a little bit that we did that. Yeah, we, but, we learned a lot that day. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's right. They replaced someone. Another wrestler passed away. Uh, um, no, George Animal Steel was yep. in and was he, sick. He, yeah, he, he was, was sick in, at the time. He, he would. I think he passed away about a year and a half later. Um, I don't know if it was that long, but he did. He passed away soon after that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He was in the yeah, hospital. I, re- yeah. I remember hearing Nasty Boys stories after mm-hmm. the uh, Comic Con. Brian Nobbs and Jerry mm-hmm. Sags. Yeah. All right, my friends. Uh, that sounds like we have a show here. So that is a wrap for season five, my friends. And well done, well done, everybody. Great job. You know, we we had Yay. some we had some trials and tribulations along the way. Uh, you know, we dealt with the pandemic. We came up with new technology so that we could uh, record together and. We had an opportunity to be in the room together a couple of times along the way. That was a lot of fun to see you guys mm-hmm. face-to-face again. Uh, so we're going to take these learning experiences, and we're going to move on, and we're going to plan and scheme and plot, and we're going to come back stronger, as we always do. Yay. Stronger, more powerful. We can so, rebuild it. We have the Delta technology. Variant. <laughs> With a Delta variant of the, of the <laughs> podcast. It's oh, infectious. Geez. You know, the, the one thing I love that's come out of the Loki series Mm-hmm. Is all the cosplays that are not necessarily one hundred percent accurate to that particular character? They're right. now all considered variants. That's mm-hmm. it. That's yes. it's and so up you now. know what? Everyone else, just shut up. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. It's, it's I, I, yeah, I love that. That was a, that was awesome. The different variants of Loki. That was that was 
great. And yeah, seeing that people are just open up the freedom there. I mean, don't, don't judge people. I mean, people, right. anyone who does, anyone who does cosplay, I respect because it takes, it takes oh, yeah. time to put this stuff together and you got to be creative and, mm-hmm. and some of these people are just amazing. So, I mean, I love the variants. Thor's before fat Thor. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> anyone that takes the time to craft anything. Mm-hmm. It, it, because I mean, just le- recently I got a cricket maker and I'm trying to do stuff for FC three and things like that to do something special for our guests and weeding the stuff out and figuring out how to um, get the negative space in there and to do it. it it's mm-hmm. taking a little bit. And like I was weeding out glittered paper yesterday for the simi head and it was very difficult. I don't think mm-hmm. I'm using glitter paper for it, but my mom has it. And she's like, I want that one. I'm like, okay, it's my try one. But yeah, so kudos to every crafter out there that everyone else zip it. Absolutely. (laughs) Everyone else zip it. Until you're doing that, zip it. You have no idea. There's my my two cents. That's very true. That's well said right there. This public service announcement is brought to you by (laughs) Spoilers. All right. All right. Hey, Dan. Hey, Chris. Hey, Dan. Hey, Chris. Don't make me <laughs> Don't make you mad. You know, I do that every day. Uh, Danny, hit it. Because this has been FC3's Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con, coming at you September 25th and 26th at the Total Sports Experience in Gates. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us wherever we go, and we will lead you to where the entertainment is. You guys have a great week. Have a safe week, and we will talk to you again in a few weeks. I was going to say, you're going to do next week? No. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. <laughs> Only you. Only you. <laughs> no, I was just like, uh, okay. well, we'll see you, folks.